Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. everyone welcome to boy problems podcast we are here back in action with a check-in today yay yeah uh-huh. it's been a little while since it's just been the three of us catching yeah, up. yeah. yeah. so we before thought- the holidays oh is it yeah i think it was right between like christmas and new year's yeah so all right. Well, I know I have a couple things to share and I know a couple of you guys have some things to share too. Who wants to go in first? I'll go first. Okay. Look at Alex. Alex. Well, well, I think I have a big, I mean, I have a big, I mean, I have an update on something we've talked about before. So we talked about, I haven't shared this with you guys yet. So um, we talked about my stepmom. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's girlfriend. She's not really my stepmom, but I, for simplicity, I just call her my stepmom. Um, well, we've talked about that whole situation, and I did I talk on the podcast about how my dad came over uh, the holidays? And I I don't remember. I think the last time I maybe checked in on the podcast was when we kind of found all this out. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I, this is a bigger check in than I thought. Um, so. That all happened where um, a few months ago when I was selling my house and stuff, my dad, you know, confided in me that she's been struggling with an addiction and how it's been impacting them and all of that. Well, anyways, um, you know, I kept checking in with him like over the next few months and just asking like, you know, how's it going? Are you doing okay? Just trying to support him, you know, through the process, understanding exactly what that is like. And got to the point on, um, you know, always offered, like, if you just need it to get out or you need some space or whatever, you can always come to my house. Um, So just let me know, like, the door is open if you need that. I mean, I had crashed at (laughs) Elisa's before. Like, I know what that's like and needing to get out and things. And I've crashed at both of your places before um so like when I needed to kind of be away so anyways um he called me on Christmas Eve and was basically like can I come over and um of course I said yes so he came over and stayed I was staying for a, a week at that point but basically it was just um it gotten to the point where you know he just was starting to realize that she she wasn't willing to change and the behaviors were like still happening, like taking money, uh, lying, like disappearing and not like lying about where she was. Like, I think on Christmas Eve, she had said that she was going to a hospital because she was having trouble breathing, but then he went to that hospital and she wasn't there. And so then it was just like this whole, all the drama that, you know, happens when you're like trying to figure out the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, that was happening on Christmas Eve. And so basically he was just like, she's lying and I just don't know what's going on. 
So he stayed with us for a week and, you know, the whole time we're kind of like coaching and helping him like understand, you know, the, like what's manipulation. And like, she was saying, you know, when she started to realize that, first of all, she, my dad is her primary income source. She has no income without my dad. Mm. And so when she started to realize that like, oh, he's not coming home, you know, it got to be about like money, like, well, just give me my money and you know all about money and like then then a few days go by and she's like okay well the whole time he's just replying like you know we can work on this if you are willing to get treatment and she um is very resentful that he wants her to get treatment in her mind she's like has this pain illness like this pain problem and like she's justified and rationalized her using because she's sick in some way and it's just like she's clearly like built like this huge story around this and um and in her mind her usage is valid because she has a legitimate problem um but you know my dad's like yeah okay whatever but i can't pay i can't bankroll like your heroin addiction <laughs> so i don't like okay if you want like I can't afford to be with you like if, if you want to ignore the addiction part like just this alone like I cannot afford to to be with well, you yeah and the fact and, like she's not being treated for her pain by a doctor she is oh, buying these drugs off the street and self-medicating so mm -hmm. it's just she's just really manipulative and really yeah. really like manipulating him and you know it got to the point like it was day three or four she messaged him and was like okay i'll go to a, my family doctor and get on suboxone and like that was her compromise and i was you know my husband and i were like well that's not how that works so she's just telling you something that she thinks you want to hear and she's not that's not actually a valid like compromise mm -hmm. And we're explaining to him what Suboxone was and like the whole thing. And so um, turns out, so then, okay, long story short. So um, we're kind of helping him through all that. Then this was over the holidays, obviously. And then after like, basically after New Year's, he went back to work and he was out, going out of town for a trip. And I guess I kind of assumed he was coming back to my house uh, after his trip, but it was like four days trip was four days and so it was the day he was supposed to be coming back and I texted him and I was like hey um have you had dinner like we're trying to figure things out and he was like well I'm at my house and I was <laughs> like oh, okay. okay and then he just didn't like message me again and I was not gonna like push it or I'm, I'm not I just not like trying to micromanage this whole thing for him so I waited like a week and I called him and I was like, so are things better? I figure, I mean, I'm assuming things are better. And he was like, nope, <laughs> things aren't better. So he um, basically like went back to like give her another chance thinking, you know, I've been gone a week. It was, he was gone from her for about two weeks. Yeah. Um, me for about a week and then was out on work trip for about a week. And so he's like, he went back and thought, you know, maybe we'll have a good conversation about this and maybe, you know, all this stuff. And 
when he got back, she was just like really emotional and crying and like, I'm hurt. I don't want to talk about this right now. And then, so my dad was like, okay, so I waited a few days and tried to bring it up again. And then she still didn't want to talk about it. So essentially like she's refusing to address the problem, continuing to manipulate and like try to get money and all stuff. And all at the same time, like telling my dad how bad he is of like a partner, how like he's the reason like she's alienated from like me and my family, but then also her siblings um, because he reached out to them when she was overdosing and like, hey, this is happening, you know, in case your sister dies. Um, And so she blames him for a lot of that. so she's just very mean to all on top of all of this. And so, you know, I was just like, you know, dad, like you just got to get out of there. <laughs> so he came. So anyways, he um, called me this week and was like, I was thinking about stopping by. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Is that his way of asking to stay with you? <laughs> yeah. I'll buy you dinner if I can stop by. And I was like, dad, you can come stay here. Like, it's fine. So he's going to start looking for an apartment. I think, I mean, he was talking about that over Christmas, but you know how hard it is to kind of like let go and like you slowly start to realize. And I feel like for me too, it was like a process of figuring out, like learning about like how you're being manipulated and what their tricks are and like how to kind of see like you want to believe that they want they that they mean what they say but to actually like be able to see and tell like which parts are lies and manipulations and what is a true action she's taking no true actions and so I've just been trying to tell show my dad that you know like nothing and you know she blames him for me not speaking to her right now it's not that i'm not really talking to her i'm just not gonna lie right now yeah oh, and i'm not gonna pretend like everything's okay so th- there's no reason for us to talk so yeah that reminds me the last time on the podcast where you updated this at that time she did not know you guys knew mm-hmm. being it in your back pocket to use as like leverage for getting her into treatment if it came to that um so- what transpired after that like does she know you mm-hmm. have you had any conversations with her what's that look like so good question um uh charlie my husband he he texted her while my dad was here over christmas and basically said you know i obviously know what you're going through and we know how to help you you say the word like we love you you say the word and we'll use all of our resources and people we know to help you get into treatment and um basically said you know set the boundary that like unfortunately we just can't be in your life if this is the way it's going and um you know for my son for us like we just don't want it i mean for yeah there's just a lot it's just not going to be something that we have are around so um he just let her know that but once she's ready we're all here for her well, so that was obviously clue number one. She never replied to that, uh, to this day, hasn't replied to that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, when my dad went back home, um, she apparently had gone through his text messages between the two of us and figured out that I knew from that. And then um, accuses my dad of ruining her life 
and taking away her opportunity to be a grandmother to my son because oh, okay accountability jeez yeah this is how i just think this paints like this picture of how embedded she is in her own reality like she is not she is not able to to see to any like rational truth right now she's just not it's just so clear that she's like painted herself in story and it, it can't be broken so that's what she thinks and so anyways last night when he was here um she told him that you know she he was like sticking a knife in her back for being here when she she's not allowed here and you know just like rubbing it in her face and, and my dad's like this is my family <laughs> like this is my daughter <laughs> i don't know yeah. but i don't like what i'm not supposed to see my daughter so it was just very it's just all very bizarre um you know I, we've all experienced been around people in active addiction who are at some point seeking to get to recover this is my first experience with someone who was just so not willing to recover at all or like even willing to admit that they have a problem mm -hmm. and it's just it's just a much different situation than the one I went through with my spouse so yeah What's it been like having um, like Charlie's perspective involved? Does he give like mm -hmm. insight to you guys or? Yeah, so it's so interesting because over the holidays, you know, she's texting a bunch and my dad and I are like reading the messages and like, oh, we're kind of getting sucked into it a little bit. And then Charlie reads it like the first sentence and he's like, guys, this is stupid. Like, this is all bullshit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. So we're like, it's so easy for us to get sucked in. And we're kind of like, you know, going back and forth, trying to give the benefit of the doubt and like read into what she's saying. And, and my husband is just like, uh, you guys are ridiculous. Like none of this means anything. And so he's just, it's just really easy kind of for him to see, um, the manipulations way easier than us. So, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm susceptible. I've been there. <laughs> We're yeah. the easily manipulated one. <laughs> no, that was something I we noticed. Just the best. Yeah. I noticed that as well. Like, um, with Jake, since he's been home, like there's been a few friends that he's had who have gone back out and been out for various times and just like watching his reaction to him or just the, like, I can't do anything about it. They know what to do. Like, I don't know. I, I find myself like making mental notes of like, okay, this is how mm -hmm. to people. Like, I hope that I remember that if I'm ever in that situation again, because yeah, it's just uh, very different. I think we get so invested in trying to decode everything and make sense of it all and figure out how to fix it. And they're just much more aware of like, that sucks but like this is on them and I have to protect myself and right yeah right exactly and you know I don't know that she does know how to what the right thing to do is I mean think abstractly I don't think she knows what recovery looks like hmm. you know and well she's like um, deep in I the disease right now oh yeah like I mean like I mean we're talking 40 50 years deep yeah it's bad so yeah I don't know 
I don't know. But anyways, that's where we're at today. I think my, at this point, you know, who knows? I know it's really hard to stick to it, but um, at this point, my dad is, his plan is to like look for an apartment and um, move. He, he was a little concerned about her like well-being because he is her financial support. But um, apparently, and this is interesting, apparently her niece moved in because she got kicked out with her mom and is oh. living there with her like three-year-old son. And, and she's watching him while her niece works. And I'm just like, what in the world? Um, that all sounds yeah. It's a whole mess so anyways but at, at least she has someone else like to help her survive so my dad's like well this is my way out really without feeling yeah. too really really guilty <laughs> um so hopefully he follows through i know it's hard to do but um yeah so that's where it's at today but i just still can't get over the fact that <laughs> once again it was another year of a thing happening around Christmas and the holidays for you. I'm just really glad it wasn't Charlie this time, but. Like, oh my God, you're right. I didn't even uh, think about that. That's so funny. <laughs> funny. Oh, I can't get, so far I can't get through a holiday. Wow, that's insane. I didn't even think about that. And that happened on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dang. And wow. Christmas Eve. Well, yeah, I'm grateful it wasn't Charlie. <laughs> but, yes, us uh, too. Yeah, sad sure. that it's this situation but well and actually yeah. speaking of charlie positive mm -hmm. milestone one last one year yeah we he yeah. passed one year um, earlier this month so it must have been around the yeah it's about two three weeks ago now i guess um so yeah we had like a little special dinner and that was about it so That's nice. i don't even think he's going to a meeting yet to get his token so um but yeah it was all exciting stuff we talked a little bit about it and um he's kind of like he doesn't like to put too much into the milestones I mean he's obviously like grateful for it but he was like I don't really want to I don't want to spend my days counting my days you know I want to just enjoy my days and like look back and realize that I have like you know another year under my belt so He's doing well, still doing his um, counseling and stuff, which has been really helpful. But yeah, nothing else has changed in his recovery story. So everything is going good, I hope. That's what I keep saying to him. Like, yeah. you know, it's all, I always think it's going really well. And then I find out that it hasn't been going well. <laughs> but yeah, yes. so, I did notice this is an interesting thing about like their behavior. My last little story here um so he texted me it must have been a week or two ago and he was he works late on uh tuesday or thursday night and or i'm sorry wednesday or thursday one of the, he always has a late day a week um and anyways i'm in bed but he texts me like hey i'm cleaning up which when he's cleaning up he's going to be home in about 45 minutes to an hour and but it was weird because like our car when it turns on like i get this like alert when it needs an oil change it like pops up like my my car's app will be like your car needs service <laughs> which mm. just needs an oil change so 
I had gotten that alert and I was like, wait, you haven't turned the car on? Like you haven't left? I got an alert and for the Jeep. And he, he was like, God damn it. So he called me. He's like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm not like trying to hide anything or lie. He was like, I was like texting you real quick. I'm stopping by to see my friend John before he goes. I don't know. He was doing something big or he was stopping by to see John. And um, he was like, and then I'll, I'll be right. I'll be home within the hour. And that's kind of, he's like, when I say I'm cleaning up, it's kind of like my go-to, like, I'll be home about 45 minutes. And I was like, but don't you realize how, like, I could view that as like, like baking in this extra time that I don't know about. And he was like, super apologetic. And like, he was like, I do see that now, but in the moment, like, I'm just like rushing out the door and like, I'm trying to get home. And then, you know, so he's like, in his mind, it's like an easy, like quick text, like this, this lets her know I'm going to be home in this amount of time. But he wasn't thinking about like, well, like, why not just tell me exactly what you're doing? And so he was like, super apologetic and he got home he's like I'm really sorry like I'm embarrassed that I even like like he's like I embarrassed that I didn't like see how that could like harm the trust and he's like it really is just a mindless like in my mind it's like me telling you I'm gonna be home in 45 minutes like it's even like pre-filled out one of the things I text you and so it's just like but and he, I, I asked him, like, how many times have you done that before? And he's like, I don't know. I mean, a couple, maybe I stopped at the gas station and, like, got snacks before I came home. But he was like, it's never, I've, I'm not, like, trying to, like, keep anything from you. It's literally just, like, an efficiency. Like, I'm cleaning up real fast and I'm trying to come home. And that's yeah. it. And so, yeah. So that was interesting because, like, in the past, <laughs> He probably would have just continued the lie just for the sake right. of like not having to like do the apology thing and like, but we ended up having a really good conversation about like, you know, it's just important that you're like just mindful of what you're saying to me, like, because there is trust. And like for a couple of days, I was like, okay, well, like, what was he telling me the truth, you know, mm-hmm. like looking for other things. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I tell it's like it just caused this like couple day thing for nothing like you just made it a bigger deal and he was like yeah I know I feel really dumb sorry (laughs) but so stuff still happens you know yeah it's good that he you know came back and like clarified about it but I, I think it just goes to show how important it is to us that like we really need you to be specific and like honest about like thing that you're doing because just like some minor details like that can just set us off into remembering past things and then it like you said you spend the next couple of days being like well what if and mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. take much to like mess with that trust no and at the end of the day it's important that you're honest and I think that's something he struggles with because a lot of times when he was using he would even lie to me about things that weren't related to drugs it was just like yes the, the yeah. path of least resistance is whatever he was, the path he was going to take. And yes. so a, a white lie to get, just get through the uncomfortable situation, he would have done that a hundred times over. And yeah. so, yeah, the fact that he's like, wait, I'm really sorry. He called me immediately and like normal, he wouldn't like, you know, a couple of years ago, he would have only done that over text. He wouldn't have like wanted to confront me or have to 
like listen to what I had to say. You know, he would have been very avoidant about it. Um, he called me immediately and was like, I'll drop a pin. I'll show you exactly where I'm at. I'll like, you know, that whole thing. So, um, yeah, it was, I mean, I, I think that it was just like an innocent, like, thing I, I think I believe him but um you know still I mean I think it just reminded me like, like the trust is still very fragile even a year later and I think it will probably continue to be for a while so yeah interesting story yeah but that's all I got well, I sort of had a similar situation not the exact same but just like a reminder about trust um, first of all, Jake also got one year. I think that was just like last week. Um, exciting. And he is similar to Charlie in the sense where he doesn't like to make like a big deal out of it or announce it to people. But I feel like I, you could see just like a sense of like pride in him. And he um, went to a meeting and had his sponsor like give him the token and he got um, tokens from like his HA home group and his NA1, um, which I feel like is different than in the past. Sometimes he wouldn't necessarily, I don't know, do that, which I always thought was weird. I'm like, this is something you should be proud of. Like, just, I don't know. But so I feel like he's embracing things more um, this time around. Um, that though led to a conversation about naltrexone. So I think you guys probably remember it was in the summer when like he went off furlough and lost his job and lost his insurance. He had been getting uh, Vivitrol at Fairbanks. And so that stopped and it kind of spurred the conversation of like, do I need to keep doing this? And I'm like, well, yes, like it's only six months at this point. I, you know, in my mind, I thought you'd be on it like at least a year I would love it if it was like forever. Um, and he was all like, well, I don't know that I really like need it at this point. I'm like, well, it just seems like nothing, there's no harm in continuing the thing. Like things are going well. If it's not a big deal, just keep doing it. And so we had a little like back and forth on, on that. And he ended up continuing, um, but switched to, to the naltrexone pills because that worked better um, with new insurance and payment and things. So he had like, I think they were like three month prescriptions at a time. And so ran out in October and just got a new prescription. And like, we didn't even really talk about it. So I was thinking, oh, like this is no big deal. And every night he'll say something like, pill me or feed me my pill and I'll just like give him his pill and there's like not really been discussion around it but I knew that we were getting close to the prescription running out it was about like a week before the one year and so I just mentioned I was like hey so you know this prescription's almost done like we, I guess we should talk about like what's happening next are you getting um like a refill or what and he was like well I mean, I feel the same that I felt like six months ago. I don't think that I really need to keep being on them and I don't really want to be on them. And I was like, Ugh. And, um, and I said, okay, well, you know, it just makes me feel a little like anxious and worried because things have been going well and you're doing so well. And it just, 
the idea of like changing something up it makes me feel like oh shoot right. um and he was like you know i i can see that but this is where i feel like these pills are not what's keeping me sober he's like my meetings and working with my sponsor and the relationships with people that i'm maintaining he was like I feel like those are all the things that are keeping me sober and that this pill is really just something I'm taking for you and not for me. And he was like, and really if I, and I was like, okay, but like, how do you feel? Like I was trying to get like, I wanted to hear him be like, you know, I feel really confident in my recovery program or like, I don't know what it was, but he was like, well, honestly, I've just kind of feel resentful <laughs> be like oh like get defensive of like how dare you be resentful towards me you know and then mm-hmm. stop myself where I go into the like I didn't say anything which I was proud of myself but in my mind I'm thinking how dare you be resentful about like towards me after all the shit you've done I have a a long list of things I could be resentful to right about yeah um And so we just kind of like talked about that a little bit and it was like one in the morning at this point and it was just like, all right, well, we just really need to go to bed. So end of discussion, we'll talk about it again. And then it was just, I don't know, I kind of, it kind of just developed where it was like, all right, you don't want to take them and I'm not going to force you to take them and I hope it works out. So. So how do you feel? Yeah. Um, I have felt, I guess I've not really like thought about it like regularly as like a daily thing. So it's not like impacting my day to day. But then like when I stop and, you know, we're talking about it right now, it makes me feel a little like, you know, I can feel a little tightness in my chest, like, oh boy, I hope this is good, but it's not been something that I've been like dwelling on every day. Um, and I'm trying, good. thinking about, like, I did feel like he made a good point, like I, where he was like, you know, this kind of feels like it's a little bit of a, a crutch where it's giving you like a false sense of like, oh, everything's okay because he's taking this pill and like, this is creating trust between us. And he was like, and I think that he was like, I feel like it's a little bit of a roadblock because, you know, it's, we could be building trust like without it, we're gonna have to do that anyway. Um, Just like true, true, but still, I guess my whole point was like, if it's not doing any harm just why not have that extra measure of security? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you yeah. guys are able to have that conversation in a, in a productive way. Cause I know you said in the past, like you two have gotten hot about it. Yeah. So it was better than the first time around when that really threw me for a loop and shocked me. Like, and I've known for, you know, the last three months, I, I, remembered like I had made the comment of like I thought you'd be on it for at least a year and so I knew it's like okay we've hit this year and he had asked he was like well is there ever going to be a time frame that like you feel comfortable and at what point like 
you know, am I doing something just for your comfort only versus what I feel is like good for my recovery? So yes, I am glad that it made it to the year mark and hopefully that's, it goes well. Yeah. But the, um, oh, the trust thing that I mentioned, uh, that Alex made me think of. Um, so literally this just happened a few days ago, which is like a week after not taking the pills, the one year, um, he had gotten, his parents again gave him like just cash for Christmas, mm. which I'm like, why do we have to just give cash? But, and, uh, Normally we would like just put it in the bank, but it was something like he had thrown in the drawer, like next to his bed. And so there was like $200 in there. And then one time recently he needed a hundred bucks for, um, like he bought this like ant thing. And so he used that money, got, you know, brought it home. It was like clear that was what it was spent on. And I guess I will have to admit that it has crossed my mind on several occasions where I should just say, hey, put that hundred dollars in the bank. So it's a non-issue, but I also have been like, well, that hundred dollars being in there is a little bit of a, like a thing where I could check sometimes and see like if the hundred dollars is missing from there and he didn't tell me about it, like that would be a signal. Oh, Does that makes sense. It's a little like twisty. I, I realize. Um, so yes, yeah, so that has been like the reason why I've not just been like put it in the bank because I've used it as a little bit of a, a check. Um, so you go check the drawer? Every once in a while, yes. I'll check, I'll open it and be like, oh, okay, $100 still there. <laughs> Have you talked to him about that? Have you said anything to him about it? No, well, the it, I... And now I don't need to because um, he had to on Tuesday go to this um, like Mothers Against Drunk Driving program as part of his probation. And it cost like he had to bring $40 with him. So Tuesday morning, like I was half asleep and he was like getting ready. And I heard, heard him like pull open that drawer and like grab something out of it. And immediately like, oh, I'm awake all of a sudden. And so I like wrestled with the idea of for a second, like, should I just let it go? Or should I say something? Ended up deciding I should say something. He was <laughs> at this point making coffee. It's like 6.30 in the morning. So I just go down and I was like, hey, did you take money out of the drawer? And he was like, yeah, I'm gonna pay. The, I have to buy the, like pay for the thing tonight. I was like, okay. But like, that's a hundred dollars and it doesn't it only cost 40. And he's just like, he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, all right. Well, can, and then he was like getting a little like defensive, which now looking back, I'm like, all right, it's six 30 in the morning. This is the first thing I say to him and I have trouble, like not being accusatory when I'm like asking questions, like, well, what are you doing with that hundred dollars? Why did you take this? You know? Um, and he was like, well, I'm going to pay with this and that's all there is to it. And I was like, okay, well, can you see though, how it might look concerning to me a week after you're not on 
any medicine, just hit a year, like you, this money's been sitting there and now all of a sudden you'd like take it. And I don't know. And he was like, well, I, I can understand why you would not trust me when it comes to money, but I really don't know what else to tell you other than I am paying for this and that's all it is. And then I was like, well, why are you getting so defensive? You know, now that's making me wonder, are you trying to hide something? And he was like, I, I'm just getting defensive because I really don't know how else to tell you what this is, like what it is. And it's a little annoying, you know, when you ask me about what I'm doing and don't believe me, but I can understand why that would be, but I like, how am I not supposed to get defensive? And I was like, all right, well, fair enough. You've also told me you want me to tell you when I have concerns. So this is me telling you I have a concern. That's, that's all. So we left it at that. And I was a little like nervous all day. Like, I wonder, will he bring more money home or is he going to just kind of keep it in his pocket and then use it for who knows what else? But he came home that night and he was like, here's the $60. And I was like, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh, it's things like that where it reminds me just how long, how far there is to still go. Right. It's a little daunting sometimes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's going yeah. to last forever. Yeah. So I think that's all that's really happened uh, for me. Otherwise, going just going along like normal. Um, Elise, what about you and Steve? Any uh, issues still with the cigars or? Yeah, funny you should mention that. That's kind of what I was going to bring up today is had the whole cigar thing, XYZ. Um, He is an avid listener of the show. Um, I had told him that I was going to put him on blast, um, you know, on the episode (laughs) before it came. And anyway, so we've had good conversations about it. He afterwards, after the episode aired, he told me he was going to talk to his friend and tell, and tell his friend, like, Hey, I'm having an unhealthy relationship with this. Like maybe we can do one time cigar, um, one time, like they have a a gym in their garage. So like, can we do one time gym, one time cigar, one time. So then I asked him last night, cause I knew the last weekend he did a cigar and I said, Oh, are you going to work out? Are you guys going to cook? You know, what are you going to do? Cause he does like the daddy hangout time. And mm. he was like, no. And so we had a nice conversation about how he feels better about the cigars. He knows he, his head has changed a little bit about it, but he knows that he cannot have cigars in the house. And so he obviously sees it's a thing and he knows it upsets me. Um, and that makes me uncomfortable. And so he's just not going to have it in the house. Um, he was going to sign up for a cigar membership. I don't know. And I guess mm. they send, send cigars to your house. I don't know. Like kind of like one of those whiskey tasting things. With yeah. cigar. Like he's not doing that. So I think that that's good. You know, it just, you know, it really upset me. And I think, you know, we're five years for him being clean and like you know you guys are just a year at it and you're saying you've got these trust things you know I'm five years out and you still have these things so it's just yeah. I, th- I think you know while Alex when you first said it's kind of not daunting and never ending 
I just kind of believe that. I think always in the back of our mind, we will have a thought of this could go bad. It could, you know, so. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm glad we had an open conversation about it. In the beginning, he was very anti, like he was like, my thing, my thing. But I'm glad that we've had a nice conversation about it because yeah. it's really upsetting me. That sounds good on um, his end also. Everything shows like his growth that he was one, able to recognize, hey, maybe this is becoming like an unhealthy relationship and was willing to like talk to people about it. Um, just like that self-awareness is positive. And then it sounds like you guys were able to like kind of come to a compromise on, you know, I, in a perfect world, he wouldn't be smoking the cigars at all probably is what you would like, but right. there's two people in this relationship. And so it seems like you figured out a compromise that could work. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. So, and I know, you know, everybody, I mean, everybody gives me crap, like let him have his vice. And, you know, Alex, you say you go get your morning Starbucks and you sit in your driveway. Like I get it. I mean, I have my things as well. So, um, you know, this is just one of those things that we're just going to move forward with. I hope he grows out of it. Steve, if you're listening, fucking quit it. But (laughs) (laughs) that is, uh, but uh, that's just where, where we are. So thank goodness it's, it's good today. Which I'm happy yeah. before. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I mean, any other things we want to bring up other than we're really excited? We have some amazing things coming up this year that we can't wait. Yes. In the planning process, everybody. So we are excited to, you know, launch some things this year. So please hang tight with us. You know, we always love hearing everybody's feedback. Um, any topic ideas, please reach out to us. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, we would love to hear your story. That would be fun. Yes. Awesome. All right, everyone. Well, keep coming back. Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.